Hello there, Kaiju fans. This is Travis, your host. I just wanted to pop in here right at the beginning of this episode to tell you that I had a little bit of audio issue or recording issue um, with my microphone. So my end of the conversation is going to be very distorted and kind of sound like I'm talking into a tin can. I'm very sorry about that. I usually try to put out quality sound because I know sound is such an important thing in an audio format and audio podcast, but it just didn't work this week. Something happened. I'm working on getting some new microphones and some new setup, so hopefully we won't have this problem again. Steven's audio is perfect as always. His voice and is clear and sounds great. Mine, you'll, you'll hear it if you listen to this episode. But I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Sorry for the poor audio. We'll be back hopefully with some better audio next week. And like I said, I'm still working on it and trying to get better equipment. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. So back to the regular episode. This week's episode of Kaiju Weekly is brought to you by Gorgos, the lightly sweetened, delicious oat and seaweed cereal that's part of a balanced Irish breakfast. Gorgos, it's what mom would have wanted. By King Bros. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Steven. Hello, everyone. So, we've... uh, This episode's probably going to be a little late this week, because (laughs) we are both struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been fighting off some kind of sickness, and I know you've been—you hadn't been feeling good either this week. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I was starting off pretty simple, and I thought, well, maybe it's just—you know—I'm not feeling all that well. And then, come Thursday, I was like, I just—I don't want to get out of bed. I just—I want to stay here. It didn't last very long, so I'll kind of give it that. But it at least hit me hard for two days, and then I kind of got over the hump. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh, it's been a crazy, crazy week, and today at work, I had to call 911 on a woman who was naked in the middle of the street, so. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> it's been a, and, and, you know, I'd like to say that was the first time that something like that's happened, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine there's meth involved, so, I mean, it's not to be surprised. Right, yeah, yeah. It's it's not even the second naked, naked person, I was going to say naked, uh, naked, naked person that uh, I've had to call the police on So uh, while at work. So, yeah, <laughs> my job is <What>? interesting. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I if I ever could say that about my job, I think someone would be losing their job pretty quick. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I've not seen that, so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the news for this week. We've got just a couple of news stories from this week. We've got one big news story and a couple of small ones. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention, 
we had the sad passing of, uh, and I'm going to try to say his name properly because his name is very hard for me to say, but Rene Abergenois. That sounds about right. I, I, who, I When I saw that, I wanted to make sure that his name was pronounced properly because I was never sure. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, I looked up a pronunciation of it because I've I, I've known him for a long time because mm-hmm. he's most famous for playing uh, probably Odo from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I love right. Star Trek. I'm a Star Trek. I'm a Trekkie. So I, you know, know him from that. He's also been in a lot of just a lot of different TV shows over the years and a lot of different movies. Um, the reason why he's significant to this podcast is because he was also in uh King Kong, 1976, right. as the oil scientist who was testing, mm-hmm. you know, the, to make sure the oil from Skull Island was pure and stuff. Um, but yeah, so he passed away at the age of 79. It's going to be a a huge loss to the movie and TV industry because he was just a really, really well known and big star, and he was always a delight to watch. Oh yeah. Hmm. He was one of those actors that you might not know his name, but you know his face and you've seen him in everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those guys like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next little small bit of news that I have is Lance Reddick was interviewed on Collider. And he just briefly in the interview talked about his role in Godzilla vs. Kong, um, why he chose to accept the role. Um, And he said it was mainly because of the director. He was a fan of the director. He liked his style. And so that's why he chose to take this part and be in this movie. So he's not necessarily a giant monster fan, but he said there's something about this movie that made him want to be in it. And I think it's mostly the director is what he was kind of getting at but you know it's kind of surprising i mean look i'm not gonna knock the guy i don't have a problem with the director per se but i heard that death note movie he did for netflix got panned bad and yeah i'm gonna openly say i'm i'm a fan of of death note like i i'm not an anime person per se but it was the very first one that my wife, she's huge in anime. And when we first got mm-hmm. together, she was she was kind of into Death Note. And she was like, you got to check this out. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I watched <laughs> the, the movie versions, the live action versions they made in Korea. And I thought the premise was really cool. So it made me want to go watch the anime. And then I got really hooked on the anime because I was like, this is a really smart great story the concept is awesome Mm -hmm. but then when i heard about the americanized version for netflix i was like all right well who's going to be involved adam wingard and i was like cool i've heard good things about this guy and then the movie Mm -hmm. comes out and it gets slammed so hard so i've never watched it because i don't want (laughs) i i I don't want to form a side because i'm like i've already seen the definitive version that i want to see and i'm okay not seeing this one yeah, so yeah, I, I haven't seen it either. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. a big Death Note fan. Um, I, I like anime. Um, I'm not against anime, but I'm just not a Death Note fan. 
and so I just never watched the movie. But uh, apparently, something about something about the director um, Adam Wingard, Lance Reddick enjoyed, and he, or he liked he liked him, and so that's he said that's one of the things that he really enjoyed about taking this role in Godzilla versus Kong. Um, until he was being interviewed, I didn't know that he was going to be in Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> no, I didn't either. They've really kind of focused more on and, the bigger names. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and he's, he's another one of those ones like Rene Abergeois that you may not recognize his name, but you'll know his face because he's been in a lot of things. The wire he's been in fringe i think he's been in just a lot of things um and i actually really like this guy he is Mm -hmm. he's always playing kind of the straight guy he's so serious and he's got such a deep booming voice but he's actually really funny and i actually i love seeing him in interviews and when he just lets loose and lets like his comedy side come out and he's actually a really funny guy so I was actually trying to remember what I knew Adam Wingard from. Like, what has he done? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, surely to God, I've seen uh, something he's he's made, and I don't know. I, I know I've heard I heard good things about him prior to him being hired, and I thought, cool. You know, maybe yeah. he'll do a great job. As long as he's a fan, he'll do a great job. And then, of course, you know, Michael Doherty was a fan, and everyone got kind of testy yeah. with him but uh he did he did uh Bla- that blair witch 2016 movie so never saw that yeah he did vhs uh so he comes from horror and yet he's doing a giant monster movie that's interesting yeah i mean i'm not against that you know no i mean i'm not i'm not in. knocking the guy's credentials i mean maybe that was just his foot yeah. in the door to kind of start filmmaking and then they offered him the dream job and he's like that's where i want to be yeah so yeah um there was a talking about lance reddick the uh the actor there was um there was a video circling facebook and stuff of him as a toys r us manager i don't Mm -hmm. know if you got to see that i don't think i did he was hilarious because he was just like and especially if you've ever worked in retail you've worked with people who are like this because he has that deep booming voice and that very serious you know scary kind of presence about him uh Mm -hmm. and so he just was like this overbearing very you know just menacing manager of a toys r us right (laughs) just took it way too seriously and it was hilarious just him playing that role and he was just like he's like i don't care what he's like when you're here this isn't toys r us this is toys r me (laughs) (laughs) and it was just it it was so good so like i said he he usually plays very serious and and i imagine in godzilla versus kong he's probably going to play like a military character uh because that's what he's kind of good at but right if he ever gets a chance to really just exercise those comedy muscles, he'd actually be really good because he's just, he is a funny guy. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so that was a interview. Um, he might know Adam Wingard 
on a personal level, and that it might be something about Adam Wingard on a personal level that he kind of likes. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is kind of you know, just going off of of, of Wingard's uh, credentials. It's like there's nothing in here that specifically you know screams out you know he that he's this like Artur. Right. I'd say he must have had a really good pitch. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Well, we're, we're looking forward to that. Um, the the next bit of news is the big news. We did get our first look at Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the CCXP that expo that's down in Brazil. Uh, right. They WB showed a little clip show of all of their movies coming out in 2020, and they had Godzilla vs. Kong on there. And, of course, it wasn't meant to be shown to the public, but people filmed it, and it got leaked anyway, so they should we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they should know it's going to happen. It always happens. Unless right. they start taking people's phones, and even then, I think it would be a someone would smuggle in a camera somewhere, somehow, some way, and they would it would still get leaked. Yeah. That always happens every single time. So they yeah. should just prepare for it to happen. But from what we got, I mean, it wasn't like anything earth shattering. It was great to get a snippet, right? Because even that little bit told us that some of the things we've heard are wrong and then some of the things we've heard are possibly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the fact that I heard that Kong was only supposed to be two-thirds the size of Godzilla or something like that, and yet he is equal right. size, yeah. I, now I'm, yeah, I'm see, perfectly satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Getting to see Kong at the size that he's at alone is like, oh, wow. You know, that's, that's oh, yeah. exciting. Um, it it reminded me of, because you had talked about uh, a few weeks ago on an episode, a description of the trailer that somebody who was in the know kind of mm-hmm. put out on the internet. And this matches some of the description of what they put out. So yeah, it seems like that description of the trailer is probably spot on. So there was possibly a chance it was going to happen and then something behind the scenes worked out to where they scrambled to push it back but we still don't know what that could be because as far as I can think of there's nothing else coming out in March that it would have really butted heads against that would have made it a financial disaster if it had to go up against that right? because there was even another movie that recently uh, I think got pushed back. I was hearing that today, and I can't remember what it was. But they said that if this movie had come out in December like it was supposed to, it would have possibly mm-hmm. uh, had to fight, you know, Star Wars and, and whatever other movie was coming out at the time. So there would have been a split. Not to say, it would, I think it was Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's and, what I was just thinking. I was like, I think that's yeah. Wonder Woman 84. Because <laughs> it was supposed to come out in December, and then they were just like, eh, let's just push it and allow it to breathe on its own. Not to say that it couldn't hold its own, but it's a, right. it's a smarter decision. So I don't know what their decisions here are based on, 
because that's yeah. one huge gap because it went from March to May or was it May to March and then now November mm-hmm. because it was supposed to be summer. Then they pushed it up like they had confidence in it. And now it's like, ah, let's move it to November. So I don't know how to feel about that. The things that I see that it would have been up against in March would have been Mulan. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's a pretty... But then at the same time, I don't know if Godzilla vs. Kong and Mulan have the same audience. I mean, I wouldn't say so, but uh, I think if you yeah. had a... If, if, I under I think I would understand where where Warner Brothers is coming from at this point. If people had a choice between Mulan and two monsters, something tells me they'd go with the safe bet. Right. And not and again, I wouldn't. I would go with yeah. Godzilla versus Kong every time, but I'm biased. But right, I understand exactly. from the casual film goer, they would be like, Well, would they want to go see this or would they want to go see Mulan? Mulan's tracking pretty well so i would have scooting that away is probably a smart bet i'll give him that yeah yeah uh yeah that's the only thing i can see that it would have been up against and i i kind of agree that it's like yeah well you know maybe it would have eaten away at it i i'm with you though it's like i don't know if it's the, the audience is still the same but i would uh, i'm also coming from it as a i'm more of a fan of godzilla so i don't really know sure. um but so, who knows? Who knows? But uh, whatever reason they moved it back, it's moved back now. We're just going to have to wait. There's nothing really we can do about it. <laughs> um, as far as the actual clip, it's only it's only a short, like, what, two seconds? <laughs> yeah, barely. Clip. And you can barely see it, depending on the video, if you got to see it at all. Because I know a lot of them got taken down. Right. Yeah. So, um, do you want to talk about Boatgate? Boatgate? <laughs> Is that what they're calling it? I haven't heard that's that what, one. That's what I've heard online or I've seen online. It's called Boatgate. So, okay. The big controversy, and I don't even want to call it a controversy because what is this? What? What? Okay. Um, is the scene that is shown shows what looks like Godzilla and King Kong on a gigantic battle, like aircraft carrier, right, right, ship. Mm-hmm. And the big question is, well, how in the world can these two giant monsters stand on a giant boat and it not sink? Right. Okay. I will say and that's a big controversy. <laughs> okay. I will say, in all honesty. This question did cross my mind. (laughs) Right. I didn't go to Twitter and just get outraged by it. But the more I watched it and the more I looked at it, I was just like, so who climbs on this thing? And then if Godzilla climbed on it, wouldn't he just like pull down on it to lift himself up to climb up there? And then if he did that, would he sink the ship? And wouldn't Kong do the same thing? But maybe he jumps in from afar. (laughs) But then wouldn't right. his impact sink the ship? Trust me. Right. I, this went through my head, but I didn't get mad about it and go to Twitter and just start going, how dare you do something like this? Because 
it's fiction. Right. You know, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I look at it kind of like the scene in King of the Monsters where the submarine surfaces after the nuclear explosion that recharges Godzilla and Godzilla rises up from the water and just stands there. And it's like, what's he standing on? It's the ocean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would imagine he's under there (laughs) kicking his little legs, you know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Keeping himself afloat. But we don't need to see that because that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a giant monster movie. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, we don't even know what the scenes are before that happens. They could have already been there. Who right. knows? This could be a massive helicarrier-style ship. We don't know, and mm-hmm. we don't know. So stop judging before you see the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's I think that's my final thought on that is like, it shouldn't be a controversy. It's no. like, oh yeah, that's a funny little thing of like, how would that work? But you know, but then mm-hmm. there's no reason to argue about it or call no. such a big stink about it. But that's the internet today. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but outside of that, um, what did you think of the little clip that we got? It was exactly the kind of tease that kind of satiates my appetite and makes me angry at the same time because I want more. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. thank you for that, but oh my God, I want more than just this two-second little clip. <laughs> and I kept trying to pause it before you before you actually see the, the shot of the two of them side by side because I wanted to see if Kong had that beard we heard about, but it was so dark that I really right. couldn't tell. So I was like, I can't yeah, see his face. Yeah, that's the same as me. So, yeah, I don't know, but I hope he has the beard. Oh, yeah, uh, I think I want it would be a bearded Kong. <laughs> I think it would be interesting, but I guess I I am grateful that the people got it out there. But at the same time, maybe uh, I could have done without it because now I want more. <laughs> now it's just made it worse. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're a, it's like those meth addicts you keep me, you know, seeing out running around naked. They they're looking for more meth and they couldn't find it. Oh goodness! Associating this movie with meth addicts <laughs> who run around naked is just hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the movie. It, it, like, I'm like you. It's like it's 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 satisfying. But at the same time, it's unsatisfying because it's like, I just want more. I just want to mm. see the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I, I'm with you. I was looking for the beard on Kong. And knowing that it's a WB property, they probably CGI'd the beard out. Oh, yeah. At the last I never minute. About that. And that's point. why it's pushed back to November and it's going to look all weird and fake. <laughs> if the beard is the reason it got pushed back, I could do without the beard. Now, granted, I want to see him with a beard, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness that's a reference if anybody's not aware of the uh beard catastrophe from uh justice league that's a reference oh, to <laughs> oh, where they had to do reshoots and they had to refilm henry cavill as superman but by the time he had come back from the uh to do the reshoots he had already moved on to another role he had a beard grown and then they had to cgi it out because the company didn't want him shaving it and so yeah 
So look, I know this isn't kaiju related, but I've just I gotta voice my opinion here. And if the people are out there who <laughs> love this movie, good for you. Good for you. I'm so glad. But how could the studio look at that hack job they did to his face, Superman's <laughs> face, and say, eh, that's good? Because I went to the theater late at night trying to, to I mean, I said, you know what? I'm going to, I did not like Batman versus Superman or, or everything they'd been doing mm-hmm. since. And I was just, I already was apprehensive about going to this movie. But I said, I'm going to give him a shot. I'm going to give him a chance. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll turn it around. And then that first shot is Superman's face. <laughs> CG mouth and all. And I'm like, what is this? This is terrifying. And then it was throughout the entire movie. Every time he showed up on screen. All I could do was just be uh, like, my God, what is, what is happening? Who approved this? I would have... Now, I probably will have to turn my nerd card in for this because, and, and I am a huge comic book fan, mm-hmm. but I still haven't actually seen Justice League. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Good for you. Good for you for not wasting two hours of your day. <laughs> I am not going to fault you it. for not seeing it. I've seen it come on TV. Like, it's actually on TV now, and I'm like, Maybe I should actually watch it because I'm like, I am a comic book fan. So, I mean, just to watch it just for the fact that I've watched it. But then I just like, I cannot bring myself to devote that much time to a movie that I'm just not interested in. There was just, hey. I, after Batman vs. Superman, I wasn't interested. Yeah. I mean, like I said, mine was a roll of the dice. I thought I would give it a shot. I, I thought I'd try and it was just not happening. And I was like, well, that, then I'll, <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I'll never do that again. But I did go watch Wonder Woman because it was better. Um, but right. I will say kind of on that same same token about what you're saying, not seeing that comic movie, I have never watched the last Fantastic Four movie that came out. I just oh, I, really? I heard nothing but bad things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to set this one out. I'm not going to do it. So I never uh, had. Was it the Trank? Yeah, the Trank Josh. one? Fan four yep. stick? Mm-hmm. I have never heard I, anything positive about it, so I just I'm not going to do it. There's no reason. I to. actually haven't seen that one either. <laughs> then good, good. We both done ourselves a service. Yeah. So I I don't feel like I've missed anything, especially now knowing that they're winding up in the Marvel universe. I don't right. I don't feel like I've missed a thing. That was just a hiccup. Yep. Like yeah. Uh, but I'm done ranting. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just. No, no, I, that's fine. <laughs> I am looking forward to Wonder Woman eighty four though. That that, I am that too, really yeah. does look a lot of fun. And they, they I, I heard something today. It's like, well, it's going to be standalone. I'm like, okay, and yeah. <laughs> as far as DC is concerned, what does it matter? They seem uh, to do better on their own. Um, getting back to the news, the only little bit of news that I have left is. Um, there was a trailer for the movie Underwater, uh, starring uh, Kristen Stewart and a bunch of other people, including T.J. Miller. Um, it looks like there's a giant monster in it, so that's the only reason I even bring it up. Mm-hmm. This movie has flown under my radar because I did not even know this movie was a thing, and it comes out next month. Well, you did say Kristen Stewart. So yeah. there's a reason there. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about it. 
And and I think I as I said to you before, the moment I heard she was in the movie, I probably checked out. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm, I don't really care. Yeah. Now, I, I I'm not the biggest fan of Kristen Stewart as a person, mm-hmm. but she isn't that bad of an actress. Like, I actually, legitimately, I mean, Twilight, beside the point, but. The stuff outside of Twilight that she's done, she's actually been pretty good in. Mm. So I'm not going to not give this movie a shot just because of her. Um, I told you before we recorded, I was like, this movie might count as a giant monster movie just because T.J. Miller is in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. Um, I looked up the information on this movie. This movie was filmed back in 2017. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> just now getting a release? Hmm. Yeah. That doesn't bode so, well. Yeah. Well, what happens with studios a lot of times is they'll hold on to movies, especially if it's like a little small independent or not independent, but like a little small low budget movie. And they'll hold on to it. And then when a big movie comes out with that actor or something or something comes out and they'll put it out and be like, oh, yeah, well, here's another movie that, you know, it might be able to ride the the skirt tails of you know so uh what i think happened is this movie was filmed and the controversy with tj miller came up mm, people yeah. already don't like Kristen stewart and it was just like you know what let's just sit on this film for a few years <laughs> i mean that yeah that makes a lot of sense because if that was 2017 yeah the timeline kind of adds up yeah, so I think that's what happened. I'm still going to give this movie a shot just because it does look like a good thriller movie um, featuring monsters. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I'm open to it if I can bring myself to watch it. Because, again, I guess it's maybe her twilight days and stuff and just her personality altogether just comes off yeah. so dour and just like, Oh my God, I'm just, and maybe I've just looked at every yeah. time I see her, she looks so sad and, and just depressed. And I'm like, I don't want to watch anything you're in because you just, you're right. a downer, man. So yeah. if I can get over that and watch her, even I didn't even want to watch Charlie's angels, which who would, but point being, right. is she, I saw she was in it and two other People were in it, and I was just like, there's nothing about this movie wants me to go see it. Not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was interested in Charlie's Angels strictly because, I mean, I like the original Charlie's Angels TV show. I kind of like the movies from back in the 2000s, and uh, the whole, um, what's her name? Elizabeth Banks? Yeah, I do like her. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I might give it a shot, but then I was like, Nah, I'll just I'll either watch it when it comes on television or Netflix or something like that. And I didn't go to the theaters and see it. Um, it just it, it just looked it it looked very underwhelming. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 I've been wrong about that before. Um, the day after to- tomorrow, or not day after tomorrow? What is that one with Tom Cruise? Oh, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Edge of Tomorrow. See, I've not seen that because. I have this love-hate relationship with Tom Cruise. Like, I, I'm not one of those people that will watch his movies just on his star power alone. But if right. I can 
if the premise can get me, then I'm like, okay, well, let me give it a shot. And like, I like the Mission Impossible movies, except for maybe one or one. What was it? The second one that was terrible. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all all of those are pretty good. I still need to kind of catch up, but when I do get around to them, I enjoy them because I feel like it's not just him that's making the movie happen. Yeah. You've got a lot of other good people involved. But he's, yeah, he's just one of those actors that I'm just, I'm not drawn to his star power. I'm just like, you got to sell me on the movie, dude, not you. Yeah. Well, that, that movie Edge of Tomorrow, it did look very underwhelming. And the way, the marketing for it and everything was just really bad. And so I just skipped it. But then when I finally watched it, when it came out on streaming and I was able to rent it, it actually is really good. It's actually a really good action uh, sci-fi, you know, uh, movie and, and mm-hmm. Emily Blunt is great in it, but it's, it was just the marketing for it was underwhelming. So there are times when movies come out and the marketing is underwhelming and they turn out good, but mm-hmm. I, I just, the marketing, that's the point of the marketing. And if you don't sell me on it, then you don't sell me on it. I'm not going to go see it. Exactly. Um, but this this movie um, it's called Underwater. It's for uh, set to release in January of 2020. It actually does look good. I, I watched the trailer for it. Kristen Stewart wasn't too distracting. Uh, T.J. Miller was a little bit more distracting to me, but uh, hopefully he gets killed off by the monster in it. <laughs> Is he doing his T.J. Miller routine? Yeah. Okay. Well, the stuff from the. Yeah, the stuff that in 2017 was kind of like, eh, okay, we'll tolerate this. And now we're kind of like, uh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because so, we know the type of person you are in real life. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I really kind of have ever dug him in was Silicon Valley. And then after he, all that stuff came out, I was like, you know, I there, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but, you know, I understand the Me Too movement and I understand that, Mm-hmm. A lot of people got thrown under that bus and probably deservedly so. But there was always a few that I would be like, I'm not so sure about that. And not because I didn't want to believe the people who were accusing, but you right. have these these ideas. Like uh, Chris Hardwick, when, when that got thrown, there was something about that I, I could not swallow because I'd heard so many good things about mm-hmm. this man. And I even heard it from his wife. And I was like, there's no way mm-hmm. that's true. But then when T.J. Right. Miller's name got thrown into the mix, I was like, yeah, I could kind of see that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, I hate to fits. say that, but it's true. I was just like, yeah, I, yeah, I can buy that. Yeah. And the fact that it comes from so many people, because it's it's actually, yeah. you know, been it's not just like one person who's accusing him of this. It's like multiple people, multiple mm-hmm ones who and they've all kind of like supported each other's stories and everything and then the whole situation of what happened to him on the train when he called yeah and so it's like yeah he's just he's not a good person so i completely understand if people do don't want to support this movie just because of who's in it i'm still willing to give it a shot because i can look past the person in a movie or the person behind a movie and just look at the movie itself i mean chinatown's one of my favorite movies of all time it's directed by roman polanski roman polanski is a horrible person mm-hmm. yes indeed he is i i'll be honest with you i've i've watched the cosby show ever since uh the the truth about cosby came out because that was a hard pill to swallow let me mm-hmm. tell you but 
Yeah. I, I had to get to a point where I was like, I, I can't forgive what the man's done because it's true. But at yeah. the same time, I can still watch that show, not just to say, hey, look at how funny this, you know, rapist is. It was more, hey, look at how amazing all these other people are, too. It's mm-hmm. not just his show. There are a lot of great actors and great performances in that show that I feel right. like it can transcend just him. I understand his name's on it, but if if yeah. you ignore that show just because of him, then you're ignoring every other great performance from every other actor in that show. And I feel like that should be rewarded as well. They should, they should still be remembered regardless. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. I completely agree with that. Cause as I, I, it's hard for me to watch anything with Bill Cosby in it now, just because of, knowing you know how long it went that he just was putting on this facade of being this great person and then how terrible he was Mm. uh in in his real life but uh but i agree with you it's like you have felicia rashad you have michael jamal uh williams or whatever i think is his name the the one who played uh malcolm jamal and Mm -hmm. Yeah, Malcolm Jamal Warner. That's it. I was like, <laughs> that didn't sound right, but yeah, uh, and and Lisa Bonet, and yeah, you know, all these different ones that just Keisha Knight Pulliam. You know, they're they turned in great performances, like you said. So it's you know, I don't want to discount the work they did on there just because of this one terrible person. That's right. Okay, um, I think we've <laughs> really dragged on the new segment. For a long we, time. <laughs> we, we got a little off tra- topic, but it's fine. We just we're voicing our yeah. opinions and frustrations. That's fine. Yeah. What What is a podcast if not just a bunch of tangents? Right. <laughs> All right. So we can get into the main topic for this week. We're going to keep it kind of short, I think, just because a we went a little long on the news, and b neither one of us is feeling. 100 percent um so we'll keep it kind of short but uh last week i asked the question what giant monster movie had its sequel or its story continued in a comic book written or drawn by steve ditko which is a spider-man creator uh and we had a few people who turned in some answers so i'm gonna pull up a few of those we had Brian Stafford, who said Gorgo. Yay, Brian. Got it right. Uh, we had Gary J, who turned in a photoshopped picture of Gorgo with Scrappy Doo's face on it. <laughs> the crap. <laughs> so, uh, good work, Gary. <laughs> and let me pull up the other ones. Hold on. Uh, um,. Michael Hamilton, who we talk about all the time, is the uh, moderator for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, which is now heading towards a thousand members. So we're hoping to hit a thousand by the end of December. Um, He wrote in Reptar from Rugrats. Like I said last week, I opened up this thing saying, oh, you know, anybody can, you you can give any answer and I'll still give you a shout out even if it's wrong. And it's like, yeah, so people are using that opportunity to just say whatever. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Uh, Let me see what else. Uh, Yeah, David Connell. David Connell put Orgo. He also got it right. So, yep, 
This week we are talking about Gorgo. Gorgo is a giant monster movie directed by Eugene Loray and stars. If I can pull up the people who starred in it. Uh, Bill Travers, William Sylvester, Vincent Winter. A lot of turs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, like I said, Eugene, Eugene Laurie or Loray was mm-hmm. the director, and it came out in 1961. This movie is kind of England or, or the UK's answer to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to do a quick plot breakdown for this movie? Sure. Uh, basically, a bunch of sailors, they're off on the coast of uh, Britain somewhere, and then they find a monster, and then they capture it, and they sell it to a circus, and then uh, chaos ensues because, ah, that wasn't the only monster, there was another one, it was its mom, and then the mom comes to save the kid. Yep, (laughs) that's exactly right. Uh, So... What were your thoughts on this movie, or what are your thoughts on this movie? Well, it was always one that kind of fascinated me from a distance because it was such a long time before I actually got to see it. I think the very first time, this is going to really, really explain how little I knew about this movie for so long, but there was a Uh commercial that used like a snippet of this movie, and that was the very first time I ever saw it. And I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, but I feel like it was like a gum commercial or some some little Saturday morning cartoon commercial. That's all I can remember. I cannot remember what it was for. Yeah. But they showed like this one shot and I was like, what is this? Because at that, you know, as a kid, I was already a Godzilla fan. And then I see this giant monster that I've never seen before. And they used a clip from the movie. And I'm like, what is this thing? Who is this? Right. And I was always fascinated by this this creature. And I was like, what is this thing? So I, I we didn't have internet back then, so I couldn't look it up. So I was always left mm. wondering what this creature was. Was it a Godzilla enemy that I've never seen before? Was it something else? I don't know. Eventually, I was introduced somehow, and I'm really trying to remember where I saw it. But it's slipping my mind. I saw Gorgo. And I think it was at mm-hmm. one of my cousin's house like they had a vhs copy of it and i was like holy crap that's the monster that's the thing (laughs) i was like oh i remember because it had the fins on the ears and everything so it was like Mm -hmm. i was just freaked out by it but i never got to watch it for whatever reason i never watched it even though they had a copy still don't know why uh fast forward a couple of years we get to mystery science theater They've done it. Mm-hmm. They they covered it, and that's where I and it. I never got to see it on its first run. That's the that's the funny part. The very first time I got to see it was only a year ago. Oh on, wow! Yeah, on uh, wherever they were streaming at the time, probably Netflix, if I had to guess. And it was like Gorgo. I've never seen this. It was not available anywhere else that I knew of at the time. But here uh-huh. was a mystery science theater version of it. So I thought. Why not? Let me let me give this a go. Uh, I watched it with their commentary, but then I also wanted to watch it without it. Like, I was actually trying to go mm-hmm. to sleep watching this, but I was so intrigued by it. I was like, I kind of want to keep watching. So it caught my attention, even with their commentary. And then 
eventually Amazon Prime came through and offered it up uh, with, you know, without commercials or without interruption, the, the copy of the uh-huh. movie, and I got to watch it. I have technically watched it, if you want to count the Mystery Science Theater version, I've watched it three times. So I haven't watched it probably oh, wow. as many times as you have, because I think you've you've told me before you're kind of a fan of this movie, but uh, yeah. I've watched it enough times to where I'm I'm intrigued. Like I'm still trying to figure out some of the bits, but uh, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, and I was kind of the same way. I I didn't well, I, not the seeing it in an ad, but I didn't know about this movie until after the fact until much later. Um, and I actually, even though I'm a huge fan of mystery science theater 3000, I did not know they did this movie until after I found out about this movie. So I've actually gone back and watched their version of it after seeing the movie the first time around. Um, but yeah, just being a Godzilla fan, I heard about, you know, this British version and I was like, Oh, you know, it's just a UK knockoff of Godzilla, but uh, watching it, I have watched it. I've watched it, eh, I think, probably five or six times total. I okay. think, um, and I, I actually really like this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's more than just like a Godzilla knockoff. It's, it's actually really good on its own. Like it's its own thing, and I think it's really good for what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have easily just been a ripoff but there was another story going on that funny enough if you do the timeline right Mm -hmm. i don't know who ripped off who because Mm -hmm. there is some similarities to mothra if you think about it yeah but with this being 61 mothra came out in i want to say 61 too but i'm not sure it was 60 or 61 it was close but I'm not yeah, saying that either up. one uh, of those ripped off the other. It could have been one of those situations because we've seen this in Hollywood numerous times where you have very similar film scripts that go into production at the same time and come out around the same time, like Deep Impact and Armageddon or, right. or uh, vol- what was it, Volcano and Dante's Peak. Right. You know, yeah. they, they're, they're very similar. Ants and a Bug's Life movies that go into production around the same time and then they come out and it's like well who ripped off who well maybe nobody maybe they were just a few scripts floating around that had very similar plot points and two studios picked them up so this could have been the same thing the only thing that and and, uh mothra did come out in 1961 so you're right um the only thing that i think kind of goes against that is Mothra actually started as a novel. Oh, see? Mm. So it actually was a book, and then they kind of they turned it into a movie. And the book came out, of course, a few years later. Uh, this, from what I've done, because I've done a lot of research on this, from what I have heard, this movie went through a lot of different incarnations. And... Not all of them are all of the original ideas were so similar to Mothra. So, you know, they actually started out kind of very different. Um, and Eugene Laurie or Eugene Laure, he, of course, did Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Mm-hmm. We already talked about that movie. 
that movie was so well received, they approached him to do this movie. They wanted it set in a Pacific Island, but then that got changed. They originally were going to, then they were going to set it in Australia. They said nobody would care if the monster destroyed Australia. <laughs> it's kind of rude. <laughs> and so, uh, so they moved it to the UK and that's where it got, you know, and, and the whole idea of the capturing the monster, trying to profit off of it and everything kind of was an, a late addition that was originally not going to be part of the movie. Hmm. So it is possible that they saw or heard about Mothra and they decided to take those ideas, but it seems more like parallel thought, like, like you were talking about how they just kind of came up with these ideas independently and they just are very similar. And, you know, I would, I would actually like to say for the record that I would actually say that that is very, very possible because there are times I haven't mentioned this on this podcast or even my other podcast or possibly on any podcast for that matter that I have, mm -hmm. I mean, there were, I've, I've done writing since I was a kid and mm -hmm. over time, certain ideas that I had, that were very simple for a, a child evolved into something more like the more I thought on, it, I was like, you know what, this would be a great idea. And then I would do it. And then I've seen mm -hmm. similar ideas being portrayed in other movies. And I'm like, damn it, they stole my idea. But at the same time, right. I can't say that because I wasn't out there making it. But people can have the same ideas. It's not that far-fetched. Right. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not going to say that, that Mothra stole off, you know, ripped off Gorgo or vice versa. It's just, it's very interesting how similar they are in tone and style of, of storytelling. But... And coming out around the same time, but it it happens. It, it's it, no one ripped off anybody, so I'll definitely stand right. by yeah. behind that. And and since you brought up the similarities between it and Mothra, I do think it is it is significant to note that this movie and Mothra were kind of the beginning of this idea of the monsters not necessarily being evil mm -hmm. or being something that needs to be destroyed because if you see the movies the giant monster movies that came out before these movies you see godzilla the original gojira they needed to kill godzilla in the end they were they didn't want to but they had to you see beats from Twenty Thousand fathoms they had to kill the monster at the end mm -hmm. and then you get to mothra and mothra is not an evil character she's a good guy a yeah. good you know female character um and uh, then Gorgo is kind of the same thing. The, the big monster that destroys the city is doing it strictly because her baby is captured. It's like motherly instinct. And that's not, you know, that's not something to be destroyed. And she actually survives. And there's actually a story behind that. And I think I mentioned it on the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms episode where when Beast from 20,000 Fathoms came out, Eugene Loray's daughter was in the theater watching it, the premiere, and she was like six years old at the time, and she was extremely upset that the monster died at the end. And so when he had an opportunity to do this monster movie, he was like, I'm not going to have the monster die at the end, I'm going to have a happy ending. And mm -hmm. I actually kind of like that, because we do see more of that later on, but early days of giant monster movies... They were not 
you know, something that was good <laughs> or right. something no, yeah. that, to let live. You had to kill the beast, kill the monster. So um, I think that it is significant to note that this is one of the early examples of that. For sure. And and I will even throw in another fun fact. Think about this for a moment. Gorgo was the first monster or movie monster to be seen in color over King Kong, Godzilla, and possibly Mothra, depending on when they released. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Up to that point, they had all been in black and white. So, yeah, it's a it's it's definitely a significant movie, which is one of the reasons why I really enjoy it. It's such a significant movie in the giant monster genre and the idea that people nowadays look at it as like oh it's just a godzilla knockoff it's like no it's more than that it's more they really yeah. put a lot of work into this movie too the fact that there were two monsters they only made one suit right so they had to actually create two different sets of miniatures one that was kind of you know, uh, whatever size that was like would match the baby Gorgo. And then they did miniatures that were a little bit smaller to match the mother size. So they actually had to build two sets of, of miniatures for right. this movie. And, you know, if you think about it, just I, I like it just occurred to me just now. But think about this for a moment. Kong and Godzilla were easily different sizes. And I think we would say Kong was probably what, 20, 30 feet tall, give or take. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. would be the size of the baby Gorgo hypothetically. Right. And then we get to mama Gorgo and that would be more Godzilla size. So I wonder if that was intentional or if that was just a coincidence. I don't know. Just something I, I kind of thought about just now. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's definitely interesting. And so I think if people are a, giant monster movie fan and you haven't seen this movie you should definitely check it out because it is worth seeing um let's segue into our favorite and least favorite parts what are some of your favorite parts of this movie uh i mean i really liked a lot of i mean obviously the the scenes with the gorgos both of them because Mm -hmm. it's it's (sighs) It's a really well-designed suit, despite what could have been a very crappy version of a Godzilla suit or something like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. For the time, as I watched the movie this time, I really started to think, I was like, they really kind of did break ground on a lot of what they did because there would only been two Godzilla movies at this point, and then this came out, and they're doing a lot of the things that we've seen in all these Godzilla movies. And right. It just, it really kind of, like a light bulb went off. I was like, that is really interesting. I mean, I'm not saying, again, not saying that the Japanese filmmakers ripped off anything Gorgo did. I'm just saying it's interesting to think they seem to have invented a lot of the things that this movie or the movies are well known for. You know, just as you kind of watch it. And I was like, that's really cool. So... A lot of the scenes with the Gorgo, especially the the reveal, because I mean we've obviously revealed at this point, is that there are two. When I found out there was a mother, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. That's neat." So I really like that twist because it does kind of pay off at the end when because I was expecting it to die. 
it was the 60s. I was expecting it to die. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then when it got away, I was like, well, yeah. It just came to save its baby. That's all. So good. Good for good for Gorgo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the whole mother motherhood side of this thing. And that's another thing, too, that we were talking about comparisons to Mothra. The fact that this was one of the first female monsters. Mm-hmm. That's uh, right. We don't necessarily know the gender of the baby, but the mom, which I think was named Olgra, uh, they named her in the movie, uh, was a, was a female monster, and Mothra is another you know female monster. So the, in the same year, you had two big female monsters stomp onto the screen, and they were both very well done and well received films. And and I kind of I think that's significant too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just thinking about it, and I know this is a little off topic, but just it's it's on topic for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. I just thought about Jaws three and how they completely botched <laughs> that ending because Mama was just there to get her baby back. They killed right. her baby, and then they killed her. That is not fair. She should have got right. her baby back so they could swim away. I don't like Jaws three yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and you see that in a lot of movies like i mean and we've talked about even with beasts from Twenty Thousand fathoms it's not exactly a monster it's an animal and it's not its fault that humans are in the way <laughs> yeah. and i think i think when, uh, but when they a, still have, have to kill it yeah and when a filmmaker thinks like that i think that's a smarter way to go because if you always look at it as a threat why is it a threat if it unless it is legitimately threatening for some reason then sure mm-hmm. but right take a look at the what was it the 98 Godzilla yeah. film that they made here in USA they even said mm-hmm. somewhere in the movie it's just an animal and yet they killed it and I was like but what was it supposed to do yeah it's an animal yeah. it can't help itself it's just trying to live and you killed it right and granted it would have killed the world yeah. so I kind of get it but I'm just saying it couldn't help itself. It was just trying to be an animal. So right. Don't... And with this, with with Orga, the um, or Ogra, uh, the the mother, she after she got her baby, she wasn't destroying the city anymore. She yeah. stopped. It was just like everything went back to normal, and they went back into the ocean and lived their life happily. So yeah. Uh, another thing that I thought was really interesting is. They didn't have any kind of comeuppance for the greedy two main characters. Like, they actually had some growth and actually learned a lesson. And that's another trope that back in the day you would you would expect the, the greedy people to die or to, you know, suffer the consequence of it and not really learn. Mm-hmm and grow from it. And so the fact that they actually did learn and grow and realize their mistake was actually a, a good part of the movie too. And I, and I, I, with you too, also the design of the monster, I think that suit design is really well made <coughs> for the time period, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, things that you didn't like least favorite parts. What, what are some things you didn't like about the movie? 
Well, all right. I'm going to... I'm. I know I've said I've watched this movie three times, and I felt like I was going to have to go in for a fourth, but maybe you can explain it to me since you've seen it uh, at least twice the times I have. <laughs> this is the this is the part that I dislike because I feel like I don't know what happens in between the time I see the name of the title of the movie and uh-huh. the time the monster shows up. Why are these fishermen there? I have never understood why they're even there in the first place. I don't know why they're actually so in it's not just me <laughs> area to begin with, but I do know that why they end up on the island is because they actually get damage from the uh, underwater eruption. That okay, happened. okay. So maybe that's the part I'm missing because and I kept I kept trying to figure out. I was like, why are they here? Because I felt like I was missing yeah. a portion of the movie, and then suddenly it's like the Gorgo baby appears, and it's like, well, we got to go catch this fish. I was like, okay, but why were you here? Why are you here yeah. now? <laughs> now, I understand why you're interested now, but why were you here before? And I felt like I was always missing something. So if they got damaged, they just happened to be there. Maybe that's right. what I'm missing. I don't know why I kept messing this part, but it was just like, why are they here? Why are they here in the first <laughs> yeah, place? Yeah, it, it what it appears to be is they are actually their treasure hunters. Okay. Um, and so they go after like sunken treasures and stuff and they got caught in the underwater uh, eruption. The boat got tossed around in that, that scene that looked like a scene from the deadliest catch at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they uh, take some damage and they go to the Island. Well, when they get to the Island, the harbor master is like, no, you can't stay here. You have to leave and come to find out it's because he's been keeping all this treasure from these um, Viking ships that were off the coast. And he didn't want these American men to find out about them. Uh, And then of course they found out about that. They decided to hang around. They find out about Gorgo. They go and help capture Gorgo. And then the whole rest of the movie takes off. So, so yeah, there, there was this kind of like a little bit of a, a little bit of a story of kind of like, like, well, we're treasure hunters and you're trying to hide this treasure and we're trying to, you know, sneak around and find it and everything and find out that, you know, what you're hiding and all this kind of stuff at the very beginning. But, uh, yeah, that quickly goes away okay. <laughs> and just okay. replaces with Gorgo. Making sure there was a point because I, I, I was like, the last time I watched it, I was like, what am I missing here? Why are they here? <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting yeah. here watching it and I still don't know why you're here. Until the monster shows yeah. up. And now I know why you're here. But, okay. <laughs> so, maybe that clears a little bit. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. The parts about the movie that I didn't like, it's definitely a 1960s film. Sure. So, there mm-hmm. are some dated parts of it. and as And just one quick thing. As much as we you know, talked about how great it was that, hey, we have a female monster, just like Mothra is a female monster. Did you notice any other female characters in this movie? <laughs> you know, I didn't. There was not one other woman in that movie. And if you think about it, if we're just assuming Gorgo was played by a woman, I'm sure she wasn't. So there was not one female character in that movie. Yeah, I don't very think there was good point. one single woman in that movie. <laughs> no. Um, 
I mean, Ogra is supposed to be a female character, you know, like a female monster, but I don't think she was played by a woman. No, not um, at all. But, uh, but yeah, just that. Yeah. So it's definitely dated. Uh, there's definitely some dated elements in it. <laughs> the, but that's the, my favorite, my that's... favorite part, which is also a really dated part that one of the fishermen dies from shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And then the and then the two main characters go underwater and see the same thing, and then the next scene they're just sitting there smoking cigarettes, like yeah, whatever. Yep. <laughs> it's like this is the just seeing this creature kill the guy, and then you're just smoking a cigarette, like I don't know. It's like what are we gonna do about this, George? I don't know, son. <laughs> Give me another camel. <laughs> oh goodness. So um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Was there uh, was there anything else you wanted to? bring up uh no i think we pretty much covered it i mean as far as uh, likes i think we we've hit it dislikes i i mean you pretty much covered i would even say and and again i don't want to i don't really want to knock it too much as far as the effects go like some of the times when the buildings would fall and you'd kind of see the half-baked yeah. effects i try to give a little bit of credit because it is 1961 and that's it's not bad for yeah. that time. I think the, in fact, the color, the fact that the film was <laughs> even colored at that time, really probably added to why you were looking at it and going, well, you know. Whereas a little black and yeah. white would have hidden some of that. But uh, I mean, it's it, it's not bad for effects wise is what I'm I'm trying to put out there. So I'm I don't want to knock it for that. But there were some that you'd kind of yeah. look at and be like, eh, okay. But again, sixty one. I completely agree with you on from a modern standpoint, a lot of the effects are, yeah, they're, you know, they're a little wonky, but I would actually go so far as to say for the time period, these effects were actually really good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to, again, I want to make are sure. Movies, yeah. There are movies from the time period that just do not look as good as this. So it it yeah I think I would go as far as to say for the time period it was the the compositing as Orga or uh, Ogra uh, is stomping around London and destroying buildings and destroying the bridge uh, London Bridge is falling <laughs> <laughs> even though it's called the Tower Bridge but okay um, but uh, all of that looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, again, that's why I don't want to knock it because, to, you know, let me tell you something that really made me mad one day as far as people pointing out special effects. I don't know how uh, you or any of our fans uh, listening, mm -hmm. the very first shot where you get to see Superman fly in the original 1978 Superman, where he flies at the camera, uh -huh. there is not a string uh -huh. one on that screen. You do not see one uh -huh. string. You don't see how that happens. You don't see anything. It looks like a flawless uh -huh. move into that camera, and he flies off. And my daughter, I don't remember what age she was. My third daughter, she looked at me, and she said, that looks fake. And I'm like, are you nuts? I lost my <laughs> mind because I was like, this, that was the most flawless shot in special effects history. There's nothing wrong with that shot. Right. And she's like, that looks so fake. It looks like a blue screen. There's like, that's not a blue screen. Because she's conditioned <laughs> to believe right. that everything is on a screen. And I was like, there was not one 
not I, w- yeah. I couldn't even speak i can't even speak now trying to think about it <laughs> i mean the tagline for that movie is you will believe a man can fly that's right because at the time right. it was really really great <laughs> yeah and and for most of the shots you know when he's not actually up in the air on a blue screen it looks pretty good yeah so i kind of buy into it but and she said it with the non, the most non-blue screen shot in the entire movie. And she said, that looks so fake. He's on the blue screen. <laughs> and I was like, you are insane. <laughs> yeah, so in regards to what you're saying, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the film effects for what they are at the time, they're really good for what they yeah. can pull off. In fact, I think this was actually one that got, I don't know if it got nominated or was at least considered for an Academy Award. If, from from what I remember in my research, yeah, I'm but not sure. That I mean, that should say something. That yeah. Um. Oh, you know, I didn't even talk about in my favorite parts, but the scene where they drive the Gorgo on the truck through London. Oh yeah, I really like that. It it, it they built a full size you know head and tail and pu- actually put it on this truck and drove it through London. Like that's and that's got, crazy, and they got more footage out of it than King Kong did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, and and a uh, uh, the uh, a little bit of trivia about that. They actually shot that on a Sunday morning, so there wasn't a lot of uh, traffic on the streets. And then they. Uh, mm-hmm. They explained it in the movie by saying that people were told to stay indoors because of how dangerous the monster was. So even in the movie, they explain why there's not as many people out on the streets as the truck is driving by. But I was more focused just on the the puppet and everything there on the back of that truck. That was just really cool. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I don't think anybody but British audiences would have known that was a weird thing. Because I was just, I was like, okay, well, they've cleared the streets. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. But I never think about other cultures, and and that's why I'm always fascinated to hear about these little bits of trivia when it r- comes in regards of other right, cultures. Yeah. Um, another little trivia thing that I love about this movie is that Gene Simmons, the lead singer of Kiss, uh, he is a lifelong fan of monster movies, and he actually based. Uh, part of his costume on the design of this monster uh the little the flared out it ears is. and stuff his boots that he wears on stage are actually designed to look like gorgo's head so that's a nice little <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely. So cool. there's so many people that you you find out that they actually love these obscure giant monster movies and it's like ah, i just i never would have picked you for a monster movie fan <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the the people you see in in Hollywood actors and actresses, when I find out the things that they Mm -hmm. love, like I'll tell you, the one that's really thrown me for the loop the the most is Elijah Wood and the Uh stuff that he loves. Because he, you know, he was just this simple actor kid, you know, and he just kind of, as he kind of grew into his adulthood, it's like that's when he really embraced Mm -hmm. what he loved. And then he started becoming a more behind-the-scenes person than an actor, but he still does act right. here and there. But when you start hearing about a lot of the things he loves and the acting or the, the movies he's producing, you're like, Elijah Wood produced this? And he's like this lifelong mm-hmm. horror nut. And you're like, yeah. that's awesome. 
you know, this guy, you know, that I would have never pegged for that because you've always seen him in these nice little wholesome movies. And then he yeah. becomes this kid. So, yeah, I, I understand what you mean. I would love to know other than Gene Simmons. There's got to be. There has to be other Hollywood n- names that we know out there, creators who love this movie. Yeah. Godzilla movies, well, King Kong t- movies, other than the people we see. I can tell you with. one more person that likes it, and that is Martin Mull. Um, or not Martin Mull. What's his name? The the, the film critic. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I know the name Martin Mull. But yeah, he's I know. Pretty. Martin Mull's the one from Mr. Mom. Um, what's the, what's the, Leonard Malton, Malton, not Martin, Malton. Leonard Malton. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, one. And that's, yeah, of all people, he's going to sit here and and love this movie. Yet he gave, oh my God, what did he give? It was uh, Gremlins. Uh He gave Gremlins such a bad review initially. And it's like, dude, you love Gorgo. And I I think maybe it's one of those where he thought he had to be a certain way. Right. And I guess over the years, he's kind of mellowed out and said, you know, actually I love this stuff. Yeah. I love this stuff a lot. Yeah. I think he's, he's kind of gone back on that, on that gremlins review and kind of been like, yeah, maybe I was a little too harsh on it originally. Cause like even he, he appeared in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, so like he's not, um, he's not, uh, I don't think he has too many hard feelings for the movie now, but yeah, yeah. He, he put, I think it was, he had a book that was, 100 greatest films uh, that you should see or something like that. And he put Gorgo in there. Wow. That's, a, that's awesome. It's like, yeah. It's like, wow. You know, it's like this, this guy who's, you know, a real, you know, big time film critic and he loves this movie. So uh, yeah, uh, that was just, yeah, it's really interesting. But I am, I am interested talking about people that you're surprised to find out what they like, um, the type of stuff they're interested in. One that constantly surprises me is uh, Mark Hamill, because mm-hmm. everybody just assumes Mark Hamill's like this big Star Wars fan because he was in Star Wars, but he's not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> he really isn't. He's like, uh, you know, it's it's whatever. It was a job and it was fun and I enjoyed doing it, but it's like I'm not a fan of this stuff. He loves Star Trek. He loves uh, some Battlestar Galactica. He loves actually a lot of old school animation and he has a bunch of collectibles in his big hollywood mansion that he lives in um that are from like back in the old time era of the the original like animations and stuff like you know when they were starting out animation in the cartoons and stuff he's like a huge fan of that stuff and it makes sense because now he's into voice acting he does a lot more voice acting than on-screen acting and He's just, he's a huge fan of that kind of stuff. And I kind of like that. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have pegged you for that kind of stuff. We could totally be friends with Mark Hamill right now, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I think we can now move on to our, oh, shoot. I was fixing to move on to the mailbag and not give our Godzuki ratings again. That's right. I, we got to give our Godzuki ratings. I don't know why I keep wanting to move on before giving the Godzuki. Okay, so our final thing we're going to do for this movie is give our Godzuki review or Godzuki rating out of five. So, out of five Godzukis, how many would you give this movie? Okay, so as I watch this movie, I appreciate a lot of what they're doing. 
But I also find the human characters despicable and uninteresting. But I love every time that Gore goes on the screen. Mm-hmm. So it was a little hard for me to, to sit there and be like, I don't know. Plus, Gorgo's scream kind of, it wrecks the ears <laughs> after a moment. I do like it. Uh-huh. I do like it. It sounds like someone is doing something to an elephant that they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I mean, it's an interesting sound that I don't think I've heard anywhere else. So that's uh-huh. a positive. It's at least original. And if anybody had done it after the fact, which I guess Titanosaurus could have been that. Right. In a, in a sense. So Titanosaurus, but we, we're not even, we're not even that, in that deep with Titanosaurus. So I'm not even going to touch on that. So right. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to give this three Godzukis because I do enjoy certain portions of it, but then there are other portions of it that I just kind of lose interest in that I fade away might be the reason why I still don't know what happens at the beginning of this movie. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta pick it up a little bit, but once we get to the monster, and they do keep with the monster most of the movie, so I'll give them that. That's good credit. But yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that you because know, we've I I complained personally complained about uh, King Kong seventy six how it took so long to get to the part with the with the actual monster. Hmm. Yeah, they don't they don't mess around here. I think it's a it was a fairly short movie, like what an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Yeah, it was. It's a short movie. And they get straight to the monster as quick as possible. So you know, it. it I, I, I think it's great. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I mean, I kind of view it the same way that I view Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. It's a great monster movie. It's obviously dated because it's from a time period that you know is bygone, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's still really good. And so I'm going to give it three and a half Godzukis. And I think okay. the half Godzuki that I'm giving it is just because the circus owner's name was Dorkins. <laughs> That's right. We never talked about that. Dorkins. <laughs> His name was Dorkin, and that alone gives it a half Godzuki. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man. So there's our there's our review of Gorgo. A really just really interesting giant monster movie. So mm-hmm. all right, let's dive on into the mailbag. We've got just a couple of things uh we're gonna do real quick in the mailbag. Um I've got I got an a message from Brian Stafford that was talking about this video that was making the rounds um, of Godzilla in Super Smash Bros. Now, did you see? Oh, yeah. I think I saw something about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just a fan-made thing. It was a mod. Mm. So it's not... A lot of people were like reporting on it as being Godzilla's actually going to be the next DLC in Smash Bros. And while that would be amazing... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many DLC characters I've reported on on Super Smash Brothers that I know for a fact are never going to be in that game? <laughs> right, right. We yeah, have named so many, and I'm just, I know, I know for a fact they're never going to be in there. But I use it in my rumor section because I feel, I find it a, yeah. you know, amusing because people keep coming up with these. Oh, it's going to be this guy. It's going to be that guy. I was like, you're wrong, but yeah. you know, we'll indulge you for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, well, that's that's the 
beauty of Smash Bros is that as soon as they started introducing non Nintendo characters, they really just kind of mm-hmm. opened the field to just like anything is possible. And sure, that's that's one of the great things about the game is that anyone can be in Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I dig what they do. It's just, I understand that sometimes people get a little zealous, overzealous about certain characters. Like, I think there was a Resident Evil 2 rumor right. that floated around, and then suddenly it was just like, oh, well, it's not a character per se. It's like these stickers or whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. You know, people are kind of disappointed about that. But yeah. I was like, well, you were kind of on the right track. You just didn't hit the nail on the head. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. But anything is possible in that video game, except for Waluigi appearing in the game, because that's just never going to happen. Yeah, that's never going to (laughs) happen. Nintendo hates that character. (laughs) They they do. They hate that character so much. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked about it. I I call Baragon the Waluigi of the Godzilla universe. (laughs) Um, It's like, why did you create this character if you're just going to hate on him? Yeah, like maybe well, they just need I, I think funnel their the hatred thing. somewhere. Did, I don't think Nintendo is the one that actually created Waluigi, and I think that's one of the reasons why they don't like oh. him that much. Because I think it was an outside company that created him for some other game. I forget what it was. It's those damn people from Hudson Soft that created yeah. for that yeah. tennis game. <laughs> so. But uh, if you get a chance to, uh, listeners, and Stephen, if you get a chance to see that footage of um, Godzilla in the Super Smash Bros., this little fan-made thing, it's actually really good, and it makes me wish that it was real, but it's not real. Um, so if anybody's listening and they were curious about it, it's not real. But Brian Stafford mm-hmm. sent it to us, and I told him we would talk about it. So, You know, I went to high school with a guy named Brian Stafford. I doubt it's the same guy, but, you know, still kind of (laughs) cool. Just sitting there thinking about that. I was like, I know that name. Yeah, maybe. Um, I doubt it. uh, And then we also got a quick email. Um, I had talked about, I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, how Michael Hamilton sent us a few different questions and i was going to Mm -hmm. each week read out another one so uh this is the last one we've got from him uh in for now anyway until he decides to send us another one come on michael we need more questions yeah as much as we talk about him he's going to end up on the show at some point as a as a special guest because we mentioned his name so much he might as well just be in here it's like it's like beetlejuice we mentioned him enough times he's just going to appear (laughs) third time's a charm baby (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so uh so michael uh says hey fellas here's an easy one subs or dubs when it comes to giant monster movies so do you prefer subtitles you prefer dub no subs i you know because for so long i had nothing but dub titles because that's all we had and then right. suddenly they start giving us the subtitles. And then when you, if you find the right ones where they properly interpret what is being said and you start seeing the differences, like, well, this is not what I've heard for all these years. You know, they're not just copying the dub titles that I heard. They're giving me actual subtitles about what they're saying. Right. The story changes so much. And maybe not to a drastic degree, but you start seeing these little things 
And for whatever mm-hmm. reason, it, it changes the whole dynamic because it's not as goofy because the Americans aren't translating Japanese. It's like, well, make them say, gripper, 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 and it, <laughs> it'll be funny to the people watching it. Uh-huh. So, no, I've actually gotten into a point where I I prefer to watch the Japanese version with subtitles. So, sub subtitles all the way. That's nice. Uh, for me, I think it depends on the individual movie because there are some movies, you know, that I will watch the Japanese sub uh, version and I enjoy it more. But for nostalgia, like you were saying, there was a time when the dubbed was the only thing we had uh, yeah. here in the States. And so for nostalgia's sake, there are certain Godzilla movies and the Gamera movies where I'm like, I I, re- I prefer watching them in the dubbed because it just takes me back to being a kid again and seeing the and and it's part of the charm of some of the sillier yeah. the sillier ones like uh, Godzilla versus Gigan or Godzilla versus Hedorah you know some of the silliness of it is mm-hmm. the dubbed the horrible English dub of it right. so um, yeah I definitely think sometimes I go with dubs but. For the most part, I think subtitles, you know, especially for these, these, uh, the more serious Godzilla or right. camera movies, I, you know, the subtitles, but for the cheesier, dumber ones, Godzilla versus Megalon, I love, I just love watching them in dubbed because it just takes me back to being a kid. <laughs> right. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be a prude here saying that I'll never watch a dubbed again. I'll be honest with you, without having a proper Japanese dub of King Kong versus Godzilla for so long, Mm -hmm. the American version is all I know. So when I watch it, it feels foreign to me. Mm -hmm. And I will say that there are elements, and I probably said this before, but there are elements to the American version that I like, that I wish they had in the Japanese version, because it was just like... like, I hate to say this because I know they tried right? and they were doing their best because that's the movie that they made. But for whatever reason, the music and everything that they used at that last fight between the two of them at the end on Mount Fuji is just, it lacks something. But then yeah. they add all this, add all this stuff in, in the American version. They punch it up. And I guess that's just my American sensibilities going, yes, that's how I want it. I want it punchy. I want the music <laughs> to be just increasing and just, ah, yeah. So they, I mean, the American version, they knew what I wanted and they gave it to me. Uh-huh. And then I watch it in the Japanese version. I'm just like, it's a little lacking in, in just certain areas. And I wish you could just punch it up a little bit, but it's, it, I still like what you did before this point. It's just right here. You lost me. Right. So, no, I, I, I'm with you. I do agree. I mean, if I had a preference, subs. But I'm not against, mm-hmm. like, if someone said, hey, let's watch the dub version of, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla or, well, let's try a different one. Godzilla versus Hedorah. I'm like, sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against uh, There is one that I will always, always watch the dub version because the dubbing... The original dub was so horrible that it actually yeah. makes the movie that much funnier and a joy to watch yes. is Gamera versus Guiron. Yeah. <laughs> the dubbing in that is so awful and it is hilarious and I love it so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I don't think either one of us are uh, hardline. Absolutely not. No dubs or absolutely not. No subs. You know, I, I think if you take a hard line either side, it's 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 not great. You're missing out on some of the fun and some of the you know joy of of the film on either side of it. Sure, and I think even growing up on dubs, I mean, I feel like we're taking away if if I swore off dubs from here on out because I had the subtitles. Uh, to my advantage mm-hmm. i mean it's just there's there's like you said you kind of grew up on that and there's just that little bit of nostalgia you're missing out on and i don't i don't want to yeah. rob myself of that because i would like to kind of go back to those at some point and be like i remember that i remember that that was just a, that was pretty funny or that was pretty good yeah you know yeah. all right well that's it for the mailbag and i didn't mention up top but if you want to reach out to the podcast you can do that by sending us a tweet on twitter at kaiju weekly or yeah at kaiju Weekly. i was going to say at kaiju weekly pod is at kaiju weekly on twitter and you can also send us an email at kaiju weekly at gmail.com that is the two ways to get in touch with us and uh right. yeah and so reach out to us let us know what you think give us your opinions on gorgo give us your opinions on the news items that we talked about and uh, we'll read out some of the stuff on the podcast because we love hearing your interactions. And also make sure to subscribe to us on one of the many different podcast apps because we're available on a lot of different ones. So make sure to subscribe to us and give us a review, uh, especially if you review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we will read it out on the podcast because we enjoy hearing your thoughts so please give us a review hopefully five stars please <laughs> Woo. now uh next week i usually do a trivia question that people can write in i'm not going to do an actual trivia question for next week because next week we're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite giant monsters in star wars so that's what the mm. topic is about so instead of asking a trivia question, I wanted to ask people to just send us in what your favorite or least favorite giant monsters in Star Wars is. Because there's a lot of giant monsters in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Believe it or not. And, uh, and we will read out some of your submissions on the podcast. And then... After that, after we do that next week, we're going to probably take one to two weeks off from the podcast just so we can have a little break and enjoy. I know Stephen has his family that he needs to spend time with and enjoy. So, uh, and I have my kitty cat, Daisy. (laughs) So uh, we're going to uh, take a couple of weeks off just to recoup and recharge and then we'll be back. So hopefully you guys stick around. Please do. All right. And so that's it for this week. I'm going to sign off just by saying help control the giant monster population. Have your giant alligator gorgo monsters spayed or neutered. (laughs) 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 Bye, guys. Bye.